Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles to Daniel, Daniel 3, verse 1. Amen. Daniel 3, verse 1 says this. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it upon the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, Zither, I think it is, lyre, harp, pipe, and all the kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, Flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music. All the nations and the peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then, later on, a little bit further in verse 12, jumping along. But there are some Jews, said the astrologers to the king, who have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They, need, they neither serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up. Later on, jumping down to verse 16, they replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and throw them into the blazing furnace. Jumping to verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement, and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up when they were thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. Verse 25, he said, look, 
I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God's. Verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Amen. What an amazing story. I believe, I I was praying the other day and I asked God, I said, what do you want me to speak on? And I just felt the Lord really speak to me and say, I want you to speak today on trust. I want you to speak on trust. And he led me to this scripture and I love this scripture because I remember it so well when I was in Sunday school. Some amazing stories in the Old Testament and I remember it so well as a young boy listening to this story of these guys who trusted God. And I used to think when I was young, wow, they, they were thrown into a fire. And I always remember this fourth person standing with them. And I used to think, how, if someone asked me, if I really trusted God, would I do that? Could I really, really stand for God if a king summoned me? And that was the threat. I believe that trust for some of us is a big thing. Actually, to trust someone is a very, very big thing. To put all your trust in one person, not God, is a big thing. It takes years to build up trust. It takes seconds to break it, doesn't it? And some of us for years have been building up trust. Some of us have broken each other's trust. And it takes years to build up this trust. And God, in this story, is asking these guys in their hearts who served Him to trust Him with their very lives. It's an amazing thing. What I find amazing about this story is that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sets up this image of gold, this statue, representing, I don't know what, but representing him. And as these, he puts a command out and says, when you hear the music play, and he describes all this band and different things, some of which I couldn't pronounce earlier, but an amazing band it sounds like, doesn't it? He says, when you hear this great music play, bow down. Bow down to this statue. He didn't just say to them, did he? Bow down to the statue or bow down to me. He says, when the music plays, bow down to this that looks good. Looks good with your eyes. The message puts it this way. When you hear the band strike up, all the trumpets and the trombones and the tubers and the baritones, the drums and the cymbals, fall to your knees and worship the golden statue. You notice in this story that he builds something else that represents him. 
And then he says, when you hear something great that's pleasing to your ear, that arouses you, then worship this golden statue. He uses attractive music to bring them to their knees. Every time you hear this and you're aroused and you enjoy it, bow down to this golden statue. I want to encourage you today that the enemy comes in a very similar way. That he will build things around in our lives. He will build statues, things in our lives that are not necessarily a golden statue. And he's not necessarily coming and you don't see the devil or the enemy come. And say bow down to me and worship me. But he uses other things to attract us. And other things to make us and bring us to worship other things instead of our God. To put our trust in something else other than God. It's very similar right back to Eden with Adam and Eve that he wanted them to break their trust with their God. If we decide to trust God, the title of my message today is in the line of fire. The moment we put ourselves in a place where we say, I want to trust God. I don't want to give in to what the enemy tries to attract me to. I don't want to give in to the things of this world and put my trust in even myself. We're in the line of fire. We're right in the line of fire because the enemy doesn't like it. When we want to put our trust in God. When life gets tough for us as a Christian, when life gets really tough and things seem to be coming against us and it feels like we're in the line of fire, it feels like that we're really positioned and the enemy is attacking us. Just like Job. He trusted God with everything. And then the enemy wanted to come and attack everything. And just when we're in that position, the last thing sometimes on our agenda is trusting God. We think it's so much easier. It's so much easier to just trust in the things I can see. Not trust in the one who's unseen. Blessed are those who believe but don't see. It's hard to trust God when we don't see the immediate results. When the enemy's coming to attack and saying, don't trust your God, trust me. In subtle ways, he doesn't come in his own appearance. He comes in ways to attract you away from God. And these guys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they trusted God with their very lives. Right in the midst of all the people who were worshipping the idol, there were many who were bowing down at that time because they were in fear of what might come if they didn't. But these guys stood for what they believed. They stood for their, their lives and they, they were prepared to put their lives on the line to trust God. They put their trust in their God. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 to 6 says this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. Who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. I believe this, that some of us here today, some people have broke trust with you. Some people who you trusted so much, you put every ounce of trust in a person 
And they've broken it. And what happens is this, the enemy sometimes comes and tries to get you to think that that is the same principle as what God's like. Don't put your trust, don't put everything, don't put your eggs in one basket. Because you know that people break your trust. Let me tell you this, that people will always let you down. They will always let you down. In some way or another, we will fail. As much as we try to trust people, people will let us down. But our God never fails. He will never, ever let us down. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Amen. The first thing I want to say today in this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is this. Number one is trust God with your health. Trust God with your health. Verse 27 said this. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Nor was a hair of their heads singed. Let me tell you this, I don't know if you've ever read this before, but when you read the scriptures, it says that they were thrown into the fire with all their clothes on, their turbans, it says as well. When they were drawn out of the fire, I'm sure they could see immediately that their clothes were not scorched, it says. But they must have had to remove the turbans just to check if their hair was shringed. I don't know, by seeing the turban, if the turban ain't scorched, then their hair's not singed. But they must have been in so much amazement, saying, take off your clothes, your body's fine. Because they did said that to them in their hearts, it was impossible. How could people step into a fire that's seven times hotter and be nothing wrong with them at all? They trusted in God. When faced with their, the fire in front of them, when the enemy came and put this, this test in front of them, and they saw this fire, when faced with that, they were prepared to put their very bodies, their, their own health on the line. We know in the book of Job, when the enemy comes and he says, Ah, but skin for skin, if I take and hurt his body. And Job's wife said to him, Curse, curse God and die. Because she, at this point, thought this is just beyond too, it's too far. But even, God, but even Job said that God sometimes brings good and He sometimes brings bad to testers. But even when He was in the test of His own body, He still trusted God. And some of us here today are struggling with illnesses. Some of us are struggling and we're trusting God. We're saying, God, I believe you're going to heal me. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the fruition of it yet. But I believe you can heal. I believe you can touch me. I want to encourage you today. God is asking you to trust Him with your very body. The very body that He created. The very thing that He gave you. The shell that you're going to last in for just a short time. Until your spirit leaves. He's asking you to trust Him with your very life. Your body. Your health and everything. Proverbs 3. 7 to 8, we read earlier about trusting with all our heart in Proverbs. It goes on to say this in 
verse 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. But verse 8 says this. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. When we trust Him. When we trust Him and we're not wise in our own eyes. We're not looking at the other things of this world that we could trust in. Let me encourage you here. And I must say, this doesn't mean that we dismiss medicine. It doesn't mean that we dismiss doctors. I'd encourage you, always go to the doctor first. Always go and speak to the doctor and be encouraged by what we have in medicine. But when all else fails there, and all you have left, trust God. Trust God. We found, we, we, we've had the story back from Aruna's sister, Penelope. We, we spoke about it the other week. That when she went to the hospital with meningitis and there was meningitis found in, from a lumbar puncture and a, and a CAT scan, there was bleeding on the brain. The story is this, that as we prayed for her, we found out that when she went back for another CAT scan and another lumbar puncture, there was nothing there. And she was dismissed from the hospital. And still, the story is this, that the hospital apparently have written on it that they don't understand why there must have been a mix-up with the results. She went to the hospital first. She had the lumbar puncture. She did everything through the doctors. But we prayed to our God. We trusted in our God that He can heal the body. He can touch someone's body and heal them. And some people here today are saying, I've given up. I, 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 don't, I don't think I can trust God. Trust me, you can. Sometimes God heals. Sometimes he's, He doesn't. If God healed every single person that brought into this room, where would our faith be? Sometimes God is testing us, looking at our faith. And for some strange reason, out of the blue, He heals people and astounds us. But we should trust Him with our bodies. Some of us might say, well, I don't think we should trust in medicines. Did you know that Paul's charge to Timothy was this? In 1 Timothy 5, verse 22, verse 22 to 23, he said to, Paul said to Timothy, do not be hasting the laying on of hands. He was talking about him praying, praying for people, praying for the sick. Do not sh- share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Then he said this in verse 23, stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illness. Paul's telling Timothy, don't give up on the laying of hands, praying for people. But he also says to him in the next verse, don't just drink water, have a little wine for your stomach. What was for medicinal purposes. Even then, he was praying for the sick. Timothy was praying for the sick. He was laying on hands on people. But even taking medicine himself. I've prayed for people before in here. Prayed for people's bodies. I've prayed for people with tooth pins. And I've got a tooth pin myself. And it's still there. And I don't know why. But I'd rather them be healed. And me have the pain. That they see that God is real. God can touch our bodies. Trust Him with your bodies. God will supernaturally sustain us. When they went into that fire, when they walked into that fire, and He says it went seven times hotter. Seven times hotter than what it normally was. And they were brought up, it says, by the strongest soldiers to be thrown in with their hands tied. It says they were bound. Thrown into this raging furnace. I don't know about you, 
But if I was being dragged up those stairs, tied, knowing that I was about to reach a furnace that was seven times hotter, I'd be tempted to say, no, 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 I don't know if I can believe you, God. I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know. Let's be honest here. He says even the soldiers who threw them in died. The soldiers, these are the strongest soldiers, it said, when they took them up to the opening, they died. But as they were being dragged up, and these soldiers must have died as they launched them in. But who was there in the fire? He says someone like the sons of God. We don't know who that was. It could have been an angel. It could have been Jesus. We don't know. But it says someone like the sons of God was in that fire. Rescuing them right there. And the amazing thing is this, that they didn't die at the opening. The soldiers died. But right at the opening, they didn't even die. They were launched in, still alive. So right even, right up to that moment where they were pushed in, they didn't die. God was with them even then, before they stepped in to the fire. I don't know about you, but you might have been called by God to give your life to Jesus. And you're trusting Jesus with your very life now. Jesus is asking you to put all your trust in Him. Some of us, when we're called to be a Christian, when we're called to give our lives to Jesus, we're called to put everything in front of Him, to trust Him with our very life, our very body. God will sustain you. We we, we heard this morning as we sang, Jesus went to the cross. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. He endured the cross. The road to Calvary wasn't easy, but he endured it trusting in his Father for his Father's will. Hebrews 12, 2 to 3, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It's so easy when the struggles hit, when we're in the line of fire to, to grow weary and to lose heart. And say, God, I don't know if I can trust you anymore. I'm trying, I'm trying. But it's tough, it's hard. Jesus endured the cross. He was told what God's will was for him. He knew the will of God. He knew what he had to do. And he picked up the cross and he endured it for us. The journey wasn't easy. And sometimes the journey is not hard for us, it's hard for us. But we have to trust God through that journey. Number two today is trust God with your wealth. Trust God with your wealth. We read that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in verse 27 it says their robes were not scorched. Their robes weren't scorched. They didn't worry about their belongings. They didn't worry about their clothes and things that they had. They not only didn't worry about their bodies and their health, but they didn't even worry about their belongings. And I want to encourage you today that as you can trust God with your health, you should trust Him with your wealth. They didn't worry at all about what they had on them. They trusted God. Proverbs 3 again, verse 9 to 10 
We heard it says, trust God with your health earlier. And he will bring nourishment to your bones. The same verse says this, honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. Some of us today need to learn to trust God with our wealth. You say, oh, that's hard. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. The best thing we can ever do. My mum always used to say to me when I was young. She said, you cannot afford, you, you can't afford not to tithe. You can't afford not to give to God. And I've noticed over the years, the principles of giving to, into the kingdom of God is that he looks after you. Even when you feel like you're in the line of fire. Even when you feel like the enemy is saying to you, can you really trust God? Is that money going to come in? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? Why don't you do this and try and get some money? Why don't you do this and put your trust in this? Look, you could make so much money doing these things. And we start to take God off the list again thinking, I don't know if I can trust you, God. I don't know if I can trust you with my wealth. We know that the widow, all she had to do is have empty jars to be filled with oil. Some of us today need to know that you don't have to have full jars. You need to have empty jars. Be empty before your God, trusting in your God. That He will sustain your wealth. He will be your provider. And as we said earlier, that as the flames were hotter again, some of us, I believe, here today, even recently, you feel like, wow, I was in the line of fire. I was in a test. I feel like this is really testing my trust with you, Lord. Because it feels like not only is a furnace coming my way, not only is fire coming my way, but it's even seven times hotter. This is above and beyond. Lord, you don't understand. Look, they're turning the furnace up hotter. It even kills people before they arrive at the furnace. And some of us here today are saying, do you know what? You don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand it's, it's worse than what it could be. The furnace is far hotter. I need to put some other measures in place. I need to put other things in place to, to get by. Because God, you don't understand. You don't understand. And what do we learn even from the scripture? When Lazarus had died. When they came, he said, even now, even now, even though they thought Jesus was late in time, even now he was raised from the dead. And for some of us here today, we're saying, God, it's too late. I need help. I can't, I'm going to have to do something else and put something in place. And we're not trusting in God. You may be saying this heat it's far too unbearable, Lord. You don't understand. I haven't got even got food in my cupboards. And you want me to give? You want me to give into the kingdom of God? The Lord says, trust Him with your wealth. Jesus said this, do not worry. Matthew 6, verse 25 to 27. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body as well. And what you will wear. 
Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Verse 27, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Trust God with your finance. Trust Him with your very finances. You may feel like the the fire is burning your finances. Consuming them. But I want to encourage you today, trust God in the fire. Paul wrote in Philippians 4 verse 19, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. And the final point today is this. Trust God with your old self. Trust God with your health, with your wealth, and your old self. Some people here today, I believe, are struggling to trust God that He has dealt with all of their sin. That He has dealt with everything at Calvary. Some people here today are struggling to even think that God has dealt with every single thing that's on their minds. Trust God with your old self. Some people here, they've been in the fire and they're saying, Lord, I need to trust you because you say that my sins have been put as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgetfulness, but I'm still carrying these things in my mind. I'm carrying these this guilt of things I've done in the past. And I can't let go of them, Lord. You say that you've dealt with them at the cross, but I'm still carrying them. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it says this, that when they came out of the fire, they had no smell of fire on them. No smoke. Nothing. Some people here have been walking through the fire. They've had fire in their lives. There's things that they can remember. But let me tell you, though you stepped out of the fire, there is no smell of sin on your life when you trust in God. You might be sniffing your clothes. You might be sniffing yourself saying, but somewhere there must be some sin. There must be something that when God looks at me, He can find. He can. There's a smell There is nothing for those who trust in their Savior. If you put all your trust in Him, you will never be put to shame. Those who trust in their God will never be put to shame. And I trust in my God that everything I've ever done, everything that's on my mind that can plague and the enemy can come and say, why do you trust in your God? He can't deal with these things. Just serve me. Just follow the ways of this world and have a good time. But Jesus says to us, trust me. It might be on your minds, but when I see you, I see no stains, no stench of sin, because it's been dealt with at Calvary. God has forgiven us of all our sin. Everything. Everything. 
He says he rescued our lives from the pit. He satisfies our desires with good things. Hallelujah. There was no smell of fire upon them. I can imagine them coming out, checking their clothes, checking their bodies, taking their turbans off, saying your hair's not even shringed. And then looking at them and saying, you don't even smell of smoke. Let me tell you, remind you of the story. The soldiers died at the doorway. These guys came out with not a smell upon them because they trusted in their God. And I want to encourage you, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you stand here today saying, yeah, I I said the prayer. I have said the prayer. I'm, tr- I've given, I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus. Let me tell you today, there is no sin that you have ever done. The worst thing you could ever do, nothing is on you today. He sets you free from all sin. Romans 6 says this, verse 6 to 7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. What did it say? For we know that the old self was crucified. Verse 7. Because anyone who has died, died in Christ, has been set free from sin. I want to encourage you today that you have been set free. Set free from sin. The law no longer has hold on you. You were never able to meet the standards of the law. The law was there to bring you to Christ. The law, the Ten Commands were just put in place to show you that you cannot make it. And Jesus today says this, I've forgiven you of all your sins. Trust in me. Put your trust in me. Isaiah 64 says this, that our righteousness is as filthy filthy rags. What did we hear last week for those who were here when John Partington spoke? And he said the illustration of the boxer. And it got to the count to number 13. And everyone's thinking, well, what's going on here? Why has he got to 13? Well, that's it. The game's over. Let me tell you this, that you do have stains. You do really smell of smoke. And just as the impossibility of three men going to a furnace that's seven times hotter and they trust God and God shows up there and they don't smell a fire, let me tell you, they should have been burnt to a crisp. They should have been totally, uh, totally ruined, annihilated by the heat of those flames. It was an impossibility. But they trusted God. And you today, if you were to look at the reality, if Jesus had not done what he's done for you, you would have stains all over you. You would have, your righteousness would be like filthy rags, it says. You couldn't stand before him. You couldn't stand before him. But the truth is this, that in Isaiah 61 He says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in the robes of his righteousness. Let me read that again. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. 
For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. Where your, where your clothes were meant to stain, where you're supposed to stand here today, covered in the sin and the stench of sin, Jesus says this, believe in me, trust me, and I will give you robes of righteousness. Without blemish, without stain, nothing, just pure. And that's what he sees today. If you put your trust in him, He does the impossible. He does a divine exchange with your life. All the mess, all the stains, all the rubbish. What does he do? He gives you robes of righteousness. When the father looks at you, he looks at the son. He says, you paid the price. Trust, trust him with your old self. But I believe today that some of us are still trying to find, find this sin. It's like we dig, looking, saying, but Lord, this thing that I did once, this thing that you know is a big thing, Lord. Let me just remind you, and the Lord says this, trust Him. I've forgiven your sins as far as the east is from the west. You can't get any further than that. In the sea of forgetfulness, I want to encourage you today to trust Him. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.